Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today I'm speaking with Darren Klink. He's the CEO of Bluestone Resources. They're a Guatemalan high-grade gold development company. They've got a single asset with an eight-year life of mine, but with an ASIC of below 600 bucks at today's prices, that's got to be very attractive. Plus, Darren's raising some money imminently. He says we'll like the terms. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, Darren. How are you, sir? Very good. Great to be here. Well, I haven't spoken to you since, I think, end of August. Things have mm-hmm. been literally up and down and up for you guys. Going well. You happy? Yeah, no, we're really happy. We made some good progress here over the last six to seven months, and uh, this is going to be a big year for Bluestone. Yeah, well, look, it was an exciting story when we spoke to you then, but we'll get into that in a second. Give us that one-minute overview, helicopter overview, and then we'll get stuck into the questions. Sure. So Bluestone, a uh, relatively new company. I mean, really just been in existence for the last two and a half years. We picked up the, uh, the Cerro Blanco uh, gold project from Gold Corp in 2017, uh, really worked really uh, diligently at that point to complete a feasibility study, which was completed uh, about 11 and a half months ago. Uh, and, uh, and we're now heading kind of towards uh, into a development stage on what is going to be, you know, one of the highest grade undeveloped gold projects that's out there today. This is a, a project that'll generate, you know, between 110, 150,000 ounces of gold per annum at an all-in sustaining cost of $579 per ounce. It's a 10 gram per ton deposit. So there's just not too many more, high grade sort of uh, deposits being created by mother nature anymore at least in our uh, timelines uh and um you know this is permitted it's had more than 200 million dollars invested in it previously by the previous owners so it was quite an opportunity for us to step into an advanced project permitted uh high grade great returns uh and uh and ultimately we're right now focusing on getting the project financing in place to kick this off great summary I'm not even sure we need to do an interview now. That's, that was a great summary. All right, let's close it <laughs> off there. <laughs> and, and on a high. Look, I'm, the question I do want to um, ask is, and, and I think it's important for you to help investors who aren't in this story yet, because uh, I, I do like the story a lot. For people who, who aren't in it yet, understand, help them understand where you sit. Okay, so you, you've got your feasibility done. Um, you know, you're... I mean, you're permitted, you're close to production, you're real close to production. You just need to sort out the financing, right? So that if, if people are looking at the, that uh, sort of cliche chart that goes around in some stage of development, you are just at the cusp of something quite good, you think? Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is the unique thing. I, I spent more than a decade with Oceana Gold, um, you know, as we built that company into a a mid-tier sort of producer starting really from one single asset and as we know I mean in, in our space today I mean typically from discovery through till production is you know 13 15 years in the making hmm. um, this is the unique opportunity here we stepped in and had kind of the fast forward button in your uh, DVD player uh, because you know ultimately uh, you know prior to Gold Corp was glamorous uh, and and they invested a lot of dollars here as they went through the drilling the engineering all the environmental started the underground development. Um, there's just not a plant there, uh, and in fact, there's you know there's about sort of uh, thirty thousand ounces of, of gold in stockpile sitting mm. at surface, three and a half kilometers of underground development. And so, you know, the the mining permit is in place. We actually advanced some of the underground development, albeit you know minimal this year. Again, as part of our ongoing sort of advancement of the assets and also opening up the underground 
for some of the underground drilling, which was a, which a key component of the activities this year to move some of the inferred material that were on veins that were in the mine plan that came out in the feasibility in January of last year and get those into measure and indicated so we knew in the next uh, mine plan update we can move them in. And so we're on the verge. Um, so Darren, let's, let's talk about the finest. I think that's what everyone's keen on because that is what all this future success hinges on. Can you get it done? So where are you with those conversations? How long is it going to take and what's it going to cost you? So I, I think that is a differentiator uh, today. And, you know, there's there are development projects that are out there, some of which are still working through the permitting process. But, um, you know, getting the finance in place, I think, sends a big tick uh, from the perspective that it's, you know, it's a viable project that can be financeable. We kicked this off in April of, of this past year um, and really went, you know, two different kind of tranches or directions, I guess, the, mm. the private equity direction as along with the commercial bank direction. Uh, and had you know strong interest on both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that we are quite pleased with, though, is that on the on the basis of really the the advanced nature of the asset, the fact that it's permitted, it's had all the sunk capital. Um, the interest from the commercial banks was very strong, and, and ultimately, as we know, I mean, you know, dealing with project finance facilities and the commercial banks, uh, you're dealing with a cost of capital materially lower than what you would see in the in the private equity world. And so, we've we've ran those in parallel, but definitely we've put a lot of uh, focus over the last sort of three to four months with the commercial banks. There's um, export credit agencies involved as well as along with an international financial institution and and so um, you know I, I think really what we're, we're aiming towards here is probably uh, towards the second quarter maybe the early part of second quarter hopefully be in a position where we can put something out into the into the marketplace and, and really kind of bring this to bear uh, and demonstrate that we've got a, a good debt package in line right I mean and again worth stressing to people it's not unusual I mean we we typically used to like 12 months, sometimes 18 months to get those packages in place for large, uh, you know, debt structures. So yeah. how much money are we talking about here? Sure, sure. Yeah. So the feasibility study, it was at 200 million, uh, just under yeah. 200 million, 196, in fact. Uh, and of course, then when you start to look at, you know, the additional costs associated with, you know, your insurance and your working capital, et cetera, et cetera, the number will, you know, the number will be a little bit higher than that. But, you know, what we're hearing from the project finance, um, you know, within the commercial banks is probably somewhere in the 150 to 180 million dollar range, right. which is quite good. Uh, and I think from the perspective, when you look at uh, the margins and the payback, I mean, at today's gold price, this project pays itself back in less than two years. I think it's a year and a half. And so these are the advantages we've got. I mean, we don't have a lot of sensitivity to commodity prices uh, because of these margins. Mm. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot of work that's gone into obviously de-risking this project with the feasibility study and subsequently. For, for sure. So yeah, th- this is a kind of this is one of the, the cheaper financing options for you. you. You've got enough cash in the bank, so you haven't been tempted to kind of get more expensive money just to kind of get things going. Or, or have you? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I, I think that ultimately we will have to um, bring a, an equity component in. I mean, that's like any sort of you know, debt to equity. We're fortunate to have quite a strong group of shareholders behind us. So the Lendine family is our largest shareholder with a 35% interest. Uh, CD Capital out of London, uh, where you are there, has another mm-hmm. sort of 14%. And then uh, there's a number of institutional investors throughout Europe, uh, the UK, uh, the United States and, and Canada um, that all kind of, you know, hold one, two, three, four percent. And so um, 
again, there's there's not a lot of opportunities like this that are advanced, that are permitted. I think we've been able to demonstrate some some very good progress over the last two years as we picked this asset up, which was effectively on care and maintenance. I mean, when we arrived, there hadn't been a geologist on site for four and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, and so so that equity component, we would look to be bringing that into the into the market then this year, and then effectively having a fully financed project that we kick off on in 2020. Uh, looking to deliver that in early 2022. I mean, just just help me understand the, the the cost of financing. You say we'll enjoy what you've come up with. I mean, that must be you know highly linked to the kind of free cash flow position you're going to be finding yourselves in. So, are people taking advantage of you there, or are they going uh, actually no? This the this is a company we want to work with. It's it's pretty. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think when you go down the project finance um, sort of route, you know, with the commercial banks, um, you know, you know, ultimately you do that recognizing that it takes a bit longer, as you alluded to. I mean, 12 to 18 months is often very typical. I think we're going to be on the lower end of that. Um, but then you get more of a plain vanilla sort of project finance structure. Mm. Uh, I think ultimately, you know, where a lot of projects have been financed over the last sort of five to six years, when you go down more of the private equity sort of route, there tends to be other add-ons, you know, if there's streams or offtakes right. or equity sort of participation from a warrants perspective, et cetera. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you're dealing with commercial banks, I mean, they're there to lend the money out and, and get a return and let, get it back. Uh, and so I think for, for us, um, you know, and again, kind of underpinned by the strength of the Guatemalan economy and the fact that it is a good place to to do business and the, and the interest from the international banks, uh, that, you know, we're in a good position there. And when we take that and we kind of put that together with the asset itself with the quick payback, but again, I mean, we have to remember this is an asset that is going to generate more free cash flow in the first year of annual production than the market capitalization. So there's a lot of buffer here. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately, this comes down to great. Mother Nature's not making too many more 10 gram deposits, and and that's where the where the rubber hits the road here. Okay, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. I just what I was going to get into, and I I, I sense that you're going to tell me wait and see is the amount of securitization normally for project finance is quite high, and it drops away during the course of, of the term of the loan. But if you're throwing off cash at the levels that you are, I can't imagine anyone's going to be asking you for too much. We shall wait and no. see. I guess shall we? Were you going to tell yeah, me? Yeah, it's going to be it, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty plain vanilla. I okay. mean, as far as as far as that goes, nothing beyond the the project finance, and of course, with these margins, of course, your cash sweep, um, you know, it, it means that it's going to shrink down as long as the gold price stays at this level or you know in, in these ranges. Yeah, it's going to shrink down your your tenor of your loan as well, right? Okay, so so all good news. Uh, well, the other bit of good news, obviously, the ASIC remains below six hundred bucks, and at today's prices, that gives you quite a generous uh, margin as well. So. Uh, all fabulous things that the market needs to hear, um, but you haven't quite taken off yet. What's holding you back? Is it single assets, short life of mine? What, what, what's making people sure. nervous? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, you know, with regards to the life of mine in the feasibility study, it was around eight years. I mean, based on these um, extensions with regards to moving the inferred into measure and indicated actually in the deposit itself. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can see an eight to 10 year mine life as we get out of the box. And once we turn this uh, this asset on, that's pretty, that's not atypical for a low sulfidation epithermal underground mine. I've been involved with them in other parts of the world. And, you know, eight year mine lives turn into 30 years sometimes, these sorts of vein structures. And so we're, we're quite confident we're going to be mining here for decades. But I think with regards to, you know, what's ahead, and we talked about it earlier, it's, it's no doubt the fact that um, you know, differentiating yourself as, as a project that can be financed that actually comes into cash flow. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business uh, and this is a business like any other. You need to generate cash flow. 
Uh, and in order to cash, generate cash flow, you've got to invest the capital to build the mine, to, to produce the gold, to you know pay your taxes, uh, pay your royalties, and then obviously pay back your investors. Uh, and so that's that's where we are, and we're gonna we're gonna dip, you know demonstrate that our ability to do that. Uh, and I think over the last two to three years, you know, companies that have been able to kind of differentiate themselves and get financed and move in, you've actually seen equity appreciation in, into the, the three digits. In fact. Right. Okay. So when we spoke last time, you know, I said you were in that very boring phase of just kind of waiting around for things to drop drop into place. Um, your share price, you know, went up went up uh, slightly after our interview, came back down again before Christmas, and then it's kind of shot back up to pretty much where you started twelve months ago. So there hasn't been this kind of seismic shift. And again, I put it down to this kind of quite boring phase of people waiting for things announcements to happen. So what are you gonna do? now this year to help the market understand where you're at or don't you care because most of your shareholders are institutional oh no i think we all care i mean in fact um you know at the end of the day the pr- the price of the stock's always priced with the retail shareholder i mean much like yourself or i uh so no definitely definitely we care and i and i think you know it ties in with that that uh discussion point earlier is that um you know we are putting the the foundational pieces in place here to build a mining company mm. um you know when i joined two and a half years ago it was it was something that wasn't lost on me that there's not too many 10 gram deposits around that are permitted that have had sunk infrastructure um that have those sorts of margins to be able to actually build a company around and so mm. i think for us as we move forward this year and are able to you know, bring the project financing home. We're going to send the message to the marketplace that um, this is a project that is going to be built, and that you know, in two short years, it's a mining company generating good returns. In fact, you know, reasonably at this at these sort of gold prices, generating more free cash flow than the market cap in the first year of annual production. Yeah, well, I mean that's exciting, really exciting, because you know that once that cash flow cash starts flowing, people you know will you know start to believe you. They're gonna they're gonna hear you. But today. What what do you say? I mean, what are the things that you're going to do? You talk about we're going to tell the market to the story, but what precisely? Not no generalizations, you know, because everyone does it. It's hard for you to stand out if you say the same things as everyone else. What are you guys actually going to be doing? Q one, Q two, Q four. I mean, okay, how does sure. it, how do you move into, you know, actually getting that money in, and then how do you deploy it? And then what does you know, how do you move it from an eight-year life of mine to, you know, 10 sure. to 20 Yeah, yeah, no, no, I can, I can definitely give I'm you that sh- granular. You may yeah. be sure, but market doesn't get it. No, no, for sure, and, and providing the clarity. Yeah, you bet. So I think from, a, you know, with regards to the, the life of mine, we've, we've actually already seen, we updated the resource here since you and I last spoke. Mm-hmm. We've added uh, just over 200,000 ounces to the measure and indicated sort of categories. And so now those ounces are actually eligible to be looked at from a reserve perspective. We would mm-hmm. expect to update the mine plan later on this year because we've got more drilling happening right now, focusing on the south zone. And the idea being is that once we get the infill drilling done, then on the south zone, you take the south zone and the north zone, you put together a new mine plan a new mine schedule and then ultimately that's what you're kind of moving forward with uh, as you're working in parallel with the construction of the plan over the next sort of three to six uh, seven months we're into engineering right so basic engineering into detailed engineering following that we've got optimization work that's going on front uh, up front really right now over the next three months looking at you know particularly the plant ways that we can potentially optimize the plant Uh, and 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 that's going to happen here again in that sort of three to six month period uh, and, and over the next quarter, six to eight months, you've got your engineering that's up front, et cetera, uh, and really sort of nailing down uh, your flow sheet, putting long lead time orders uh, out in as we get into the middle part of the year. 
Uh, and that's really part of that development, you know, phase that we're into. And so this is the meat and potatoes of our business. Right. And can you afford that? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately what we're going to need to do here is we need to uh, get the um, get the project financing sort of uh, locked down. And I think we expect to see that in the second quarter. Uh, and then we'll we'll be out in the market to bring in the, the equity component of that as well. And so I'm very confident, um, you know, for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier, uh, that as these, these two, and I think, you know, often what you see is they kind of move kind of lockstep, right? I mean, as you can continue to demonstrate progress with uh, the debt package, then you know the equity investors get more comfortable, and as you, the equity investors get more comfortable, then the debt providers get more comfortable, and so that's what we've really been focused on over the last four to five months. I just had a series of meetings last week, actually, with our, our lending group, uh, and I'm very confident that we're going to get there. Great. Let me be very. I just want to be really clear because I wasn't quite sure. So you're looking at the debt package. There will be an equity component to that. Have you got enough equity? Have you got enough cash in the bank today to get you to the point where you start? Well, one, you get the the, the the structured debt package in to get into production or you know, start, start that process. Um, or do you need to go and raise a small amount of equity before then? Sure. Yeah, I know our intention is not to raise any equity right now. Um, we're actually discussing with um, financial um, groups right now, actually, is putting a facility in place that potentially would then be taken out with the project um, debt. Uh, and so that's actually quite well advanced, and you could expect to see something on that here over the next few weeks. What's that like a, what, a bridging loan, or what, what, what? yeah, similar right. to that? That's right. So that's, yeah. quite, that's quite expensive, isn't it? But yeah, I guess you've worked uh, out not that in, it's cheaper not, than. Uh, not in this case, it won't. Watch, watch the space. Okay, I'll, I will watch the space. When, when, when should I be looking out for that? Q one. Over the next couple of months, you'll probably see something on that. Okay. Okay. So. Let's not let's not shy away from this sing, single asset thing. So you you may kind of build this out from eight years to twenty years. Who knows, right? Um, what else are you doing in terms of reducing that single asset risk? Without a doubt, I mean, I think that um, when you talk about you know the mining industry and, and single asset risk, it's something you have to be so focused on. Um, I think that you know ultimately what our objective is here is to build a mining company. That means that you're going to add additional assets into the portfolio that you then can obviously rely on. Uh, I'll, 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 however, um, you know I have to be you know totally upfront. I mean, 130% of our time right now is focused on Cerro Blanco. This is an asset that um, you know will be built and will generate great returns. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think as we get that financed and get into that sort of development uh, phase and, and heading towards that direction, mm -hmm. we'll uh, we'll open up some opportunities then to potentially look to add to the portfolio. But at this juncture, I mean, 130% focused on getting this over the line. Okay. I think that'll go down well. Uh, you started trying to push the geothermal uh, story at me last time. Is that parked as well? You know, not parked. In fact, um, it's quite a unique opportunity. And, and uh, you know, there's not too many projects that have the potential to generate their own power as well. Uh, this is a little bit to the east of the project. It came alongside with, um, with the gold project when we acquired it from Goldcorp. Mm -hmm. Um, they had done quite a bit of work on it, uh, utilizing experts out of New Zealand in particular um, years ago when the power grid was quite a ways away. Uh, and of course, we had very high um, power prices on the back of you know oil price, you know, going to $150 a barrel, etc. What we've seen over the last sort of six, seven years in Guatemala is power prices have come down. There's been a lot of uh, hydro uh, as well as um, uh, biodiesel um, plants come on. And so you've seen... Um, you've seen the cost of power go down. Mm -hmm. uh, and then ultimately, you know, from a development perspective to capitalize a geothermal project, right now it's not necessarily the, the best environment from an economics. Having said that, 
we've got um, about $60 million of sunk capital into this. We, uh, we got some folks involved out of the U.S., some experts uh, in 2018, and we did some flow test work. There looks to be 5 to 10 megawatts of power potential that exists already. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't, of course, have the, the turbines uh, you know, set up to, to produce power. Um, but in my discussions uh, late last year with the incoming um, mining and energy minister, it, it seems pretty clear that Guatemala is going to continue to try and look to um, replace some of the coal-fired power in the country with that that's more renewable mm -hmm. and so i think geothermal is going to have um you know quite a, a positive future over the next five to ten years and so opportunities will exist i think and will open up uh and as they do i mean we're well positioned with an advanced geothermal project to potentially you know jump through there okay so it's not parked so how much time how much money are you spending on it we're not really spending any money on it right now. I mean, okay. right now for us, um, it's really just monitoring the marketplace, obviously discussions with the government, et cetera. Uh, and, um, you know, our, I think our objective over the medium term will be to look to try and integrate that somehow into the mine. But right, right now, I mean, it's part powers. Yeah, grid power is. <laughs> It is. No, no. It, it is parked, but it's an optionality. It's optionality. It's an optionality. I mean, there you go. Okay. I'll buy yeah, that. It, I'll yeah, buy that. And, no. um, and it's, you know, our, our focus is on the mine. And, and really, we decoupled at 18 months ago and said, look, let's just go power off the grid. Power street cheap. We can string the power lines. Okay. So let's park that conversation. And I need you to help me, Darren. So you, when we spoke at the end of August, you said you were going to do some marketing you were going to go you know do some roadshows go to some conferences talk to some people what worked what didn't work what would you not do right. again what would you do again yeah i mean you know i i find that um look i guess just being up front we there's a there's a handful or a couple of key conferences we try to attend because we tend to see that everybody sort of culminates in one yeah. place yeah but um you know, I, I think if, you know, as a, as a senior member of the management team here for a public company, I mean, you could be at a conference every other week if you wanted, mm. zipping around on airplanes. And I mean, but you don't get any work done. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, your, your job is, you know, is, is still there. Uh, and so we tend to be fairly selective. We find that we get more out of, um, you know, sitting down one-on-one -on -one with investors. We, we've really put a, quite a push on over the last 24 months on, mm. on meeting with family offices and high net worth in, investors. We've got investors that, you know, that come out of Scandinavia, out of the Middle East, out of, you know, the southern part of the U.S. Uh, and it's in, in kind of taking our, our time and, and adding that sort of that that one on one aspect of things is better than just showing up at a conference and seeing the same people all the time. Um, so that tends to be our, our focus. I think it's worked pretty well. We've got a pretty strong and supportive group, albeit when you look at the shareholder register. I mean, there's not huge amounts of liquidity, but I mean, we've got we're backed by some of the best and well known investors in the space. OK, that's interesting. So some conferences, perhaps not worth you spending your time. It's It's different for every company, I guess. But I, I think yeah. we, we, we would concur with that. Now, as a result, you've got some pretty good coverage now with we do. numbers ranging yeah. from 240 up to three bucks. So, again, you know, you, you pay, yeah. sometimes you pay attention to those things, sometimes you don't. But it's generally positive. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for us, what we found is that, you know, one of the best things um, that we've really been able to do is when when folks are able to come down and visit, you know, whether it be a 
you know, an individual investor or an analyst or uh, a banker or um, an institutional investor, okay. when you come down and actually get a feel for Guatemala uh, and the project, it sells itself. You, you said that uh, last so that's time. Been a big plus. You said that last time, and you've got a site for Mind Visit coming up soon, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So we we they're pretty easy to do. I mean, this is the other thing as mm. well is that um, you know we um, we're three hours down the Pan American Highway from Guatemala City. You arrive in the evening, drive down in the morning. You can visit the site, go into the community, have lunch, get a feel for you know where I stay when I'm down there and where our team is, mm. uh, and then circle back and be back in time for dinner. So uh, yeah, I mean logistically, this is this is a dream, uh, and. Um, you know, as I said, I mean, it, it just it shows well uh, as, as well. We've got a new government in Guatemala as well. Yeah, I was going to ask, new, how's, yeah. how's El Presidente? Is he yeah, so I mean, uh, I think we're um, I think we're day six now with uh, since the new administration's mm. taken over. This is um, this has been a, a bit of a transition period because uh, effectively uh, President Giamatte um, was made president elect in, in August of last year. And so mm. you've had, you know, kind of five months, I guess, of a transition period. But uh yeah, last week the government um, was officially sworn in. We're already seeing some, you know, some positive movements um, with regards to some of the um, the activities that have that have come out of uh, you know the government since they've they've taken up the uh, their office. Mm. Uh, President Giamatti, uh, you know, firmly um, campaigned on a, on a pro business, um, pro foreign investment platform, and and we're seeing that actually already starting to come through here now in the first few days. So I, I think we're you know we're really um, we're really pleased about what's what's happening so far. I think we're really confident about Guatemala. Most people don't recognize, and I'm not sure whether or not your listeners do that. In fact, the economy in Guatemala is one of the stronger economies in Latin America. The 10-year mm-hmm. government bond rate in Guatemala is is 30% lower than what you would find in Mexico or Brazil, uh, in fact. And so most people don't necessarily key in on that, and also the fact that it's had the most stable currency in Latin America for the last 10 years. So a great platform there, and, um, and we like it. And geologically, it's... Um, Look, I mean, it's it's a very well endowed country, and we think there's a lot of potential there for many years to come. Okay, thanks for that summary. Um, some great numbers in there. We'll wait to see, the, you know, what you do with regards to the, uh, the the financing, how you structure it, what it costs you. I guess with your margins, it's kind of inconsequential. Um, I think you're going to like the cost, though. I think you're. I think we're going to surprise the market there. So okay. Okay, well, we'll wait, we'll wait to see. Darren, thanks very much for running through that. Some fantastic numbers in there. Some near-term events, which we look forward to uh, hearing about. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. And thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Great to be on and look forward to keeping you posted. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and, of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.